around here speak basketball. It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Revis. And who, sir, are you? I'm the producer, Matt Duncan. Fred, this could be your last week doing the Kyle Lowry thing, do you think? Could it be? Could this be it? Could it be. Could be. You're still still huge in the camp that he's coming back to Toronto, and I love it. I love the positivity. I'll say I'll say some of the confidence is uh, waning uh, as uh, we get closer to the draft. But um, I respect Kyle so much. To me, it's important to hit him with the Kyle Lowry's. Yeah, I'm enjoying every little Kyle Lowry since the foregone conclusion that he was gone at the deadline, right? Because right? that was that was a certainty. So yeah. for me, the certainty that he is gone this off season, uh, you know. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, wait. Uh, I think I think there's a strong likelihood, but I'm enjoying it, you know? Yeah. You know what? Either way, he'll come back here one day and we're going to get that. We're going to get that jersey up in the rafters. Oh, you better believe it. You know, so, um, yeah, you know, we're champions. So damn right. It's got to be proud. Damn right. And we are, you know, a basketball Raptors podcast where we're hardcore. You know, we like to think we have some nice analysis, but we're also not profesh. Uh, We're funny dudes and trying to have some fun. And we have funny guests. We have Catherine Niker and Matt McCready on today. Mm -hmm. They're both hilarious. Things get silly. Um, (laughs) We talk about players we used to love. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We go down a lot of weird rabbit holes, but uh, there's good stuff in there. Um, Maddie, uh, you know, if people are like, whoa, these guys need a hand. Yeah. Or they just want to do something nice for us. Right. Uh, you know, what are some avenues for that? You can go to dunkspodcast.com, as I like to say, because we've got all our links there for you to subscribe or listen to the episodes or go back into our time capsule of our seasons if you want to go back and and, and hear what we were saying about Biombo or, or hear what we were saying about Chuck Hayes. Or, sure. You know, we've got it all recorded for you to go back and listen to, you know, as that beautiful time capsule, but we are on the Sonar Network. Okay. And they got lots of podcasts there. Go to the sonarnetwork.com as well as in the episode descriptions, click on the guests and it will take them to their own Sonar page. So you can listen to, if you're really liking Matt McCready's takes, you can see all the episodes he's done for us. And there have been a lot. And actually Catherine, I guess has the record. She's probably somewhere over 30 episodes, I would say. Uh, So yeah, you know, they, they've given us a, a lot of time and a lot of great content and we're very thankful for all of our guests and we would be thankful for you too if you go to our patreon and you you are able to chip in a little bit that would be great you know you can get the podcast episodes on the day that they air as well as the more you pay up you know the more stuff you get and we're just going to keep you know hopefully as it grows we could uh, have more stuff available for patreon too you know yeah so uh yeah that's pretty much it the toques there's no moths eating them they're mm-hmm. anti-itch. Freddie's got right. them like in in a cryo chamber, I think, in his in one of his rooms there. Uh, so you know they're not getting moldy. We're just they're frozen like Sylvester Stallone and Demolition Man. You know that thing at the start when you oh, see yeah. him in the tank. That's Check where the two Demolition are. Man. <laughs> uh, Wesley Snipes uses somebody's eyeball from a pen. It's pretty intense. Um, check it out. Demolition Man. Really, really good movie, like Oscar worthy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't, I don't even know where I got lost in the bit. If Maddie. you explain how to use the shells, maybe you'll get a free toque. Can't promise it, go. but <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It was about the toque. That's why I lost my way, <laughs> but I got the real toques. People need yeah. to know that we have real toques yeah. if you want one yeah. and it's uh mint condition. Okay. Yeah. Minted toques. Um, check it out. Help us out. We really, really appreciate it. And even if you're just listening, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think let's get rolling here on the pod. But uh, before we do, I I will say um, 
Black Lives Matter, stop Asian hate, uh, email your city councilors, and defund the police. And I think with that, um, yeah, let's get cooking here. Uh, Maddie D, if you're ready to go, please just give me those uh, amazingly glorious words, okay. Okay. Okay, let's do this. I am very excited to start uh, having, I guess, a draft pod. But you know, other things are going on too. Um, let's bring on. Let's bring on two of my favorite people. Uh, first, coming on, yeah, he's an amazing improv comedian, improviser. Uh, he's a wicked producer. He has one of the basketball opinions I respect the most in the world. We talk basketball. Every day, we're like true basketball maniacs. Uh, it always makes sense when he's on this podcast. Please give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Matt McCready. I always make sense when I'm on the podcast. No tomfoolery at all. Hey, no tomfoolery, you said? No tomfoolery, no shenanigans, uh, no flimflam art- artistry. Just Matt McCready in the flesh. I'm glad to be here, Freddie. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm happy to have you here. You're a smooth talker. You're a smooth walker. <laughs> <laughs> No lower body injuries yet. I still got my smooth walk going at 37. You got that nice smooth walk. Um, let's uh, let's bring on guest number two because I, I want to start talking basketball yeah, let's ASAP. Do it. Uh, she's amazing. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, even infrequently, you've heard her because she's on all the time. Uh, we run another podcast together, uh, the Pickup WNBA podcast. Make sure you check that out. Also on the Sonar Network. Uh, she's an incredible writer, uh, also has her own podcast, Buckets and Tea. Yeah, follow her on Instagram, follow her on Twitter. She's amazing. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Katherine Niker. Him and well, now I'm prepared. Next time, I'll know now. Next time but, I'm on the pod with McCready, I got to come in hot with a full-on theme song. But with that cool vibe, with the cool intro vibe that I get too, you know? Yeah, like you know, maybe I, I'll learn how to rap. Who knows? I won't. <laughs> please, I won't. Please. I will. I won't do that to people. <laughs> I'd argue that your song was better than mine. <laughs> you know, to listen to for sure. Definitely, Matt's song is uh, <laughs> McCready's song. I'd say it's it's a uh, it's one of the more annoying choices. It's atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie D's feeling it every time I say annoying. You'll hear that little ding. <laughs> Just kidding, but he's uh, he's feeling fast and loose on the keys, which is is always welcome. People come here. Uh, not really for the basketball commentary. We know they actually come here for the uh, the audio foley and and the bits and the, uh, and the gigs and the laughs. Uh, let's talk some Raptors ball. Uh, Hell Andy, yeah! Please, good sir, give me your most delicious Raptors. Maybe last Aaron Bainesy sting. Paging Bobby Webster. Okay. Let's start with Catherine. Um, what is the best possible draft outcome for the Raptors? It's in two days or one day uh, if you're listening to this. Um, I think the best outcome is for the Raptors to trade upwards in the draft and get Evan Mobley. Wow. I, I love yeah. that you have such a specific opinion. I yeah. definitely in my draft, you know, like research really, really started to like Mobley as a fit for the Raptors. Like, yeah. What is that? Are you thinking fit? Yeah. I mean, he's a seven footer and he can spread the floor and you know, okay. Just like broad terms, like with the league, I know everybody's obsessed with going small, but I really Mm -hmm. think the league is moving forward to a place where you're actually really big, but also spreading the floor at the same time. And so for him to be a seven footer, but very athletic, 
Um, you know, we saw all those pictures of Giannis, like, oh, look at how scrawny he was when the Bucks drafted him, and then right. how big he grew. You know, like I, I mean, I don't think he'll be exactly like Giannis, but I think he can he can grow the same way. Like I think he'll put on a few pounds. I don't think he'll grow more inches. I don't think he needs to. Right. But I think, yeah, like the Raptors don't have uh somebody in the five spot going forward that needs to be filled. Um, he's a young player with a lot of upside. I just think it solves a lot of problems for the Raptors. Cause we definitely like, you know, for all the Jason Suggs talk, um, we don't need another guard. We just like, we really we're already a very guard heavy team. And even if Lowry leaves, which I anticipate he will leave, um, we still don't need a guard necessarily. Like we, we are desperate for a center. Evan Mobley. Right. Yeah. No, I think like the, the Evan Mobley case to me makes a lot of sense. You know, I think like just also the way the Raptors play, if we're going to continue to be this like gamble heavy defense that needs a center to kind of quarterback it, who has a really high IQ and the athleticism, you know, I think we saw how hard that is. Um, <clears throat> you know, obviously Baines made it look extra hard. Sorry, Aaron Baines, if you always get burned on this pod. We're we're just oh, trying to I got six up my sleeve, man. I can't wait. <laughs> Go, you know, it's it's gotta happen. Raptors fans are frustrated and anyhow. Um Mobley, I I I, I totally get it. L- let me just ask you this though. Who cares about the exact like machinations? But like when you say move up to mm-hmm. get Mobley, mm-hmm. what in general are you kind of like willing to sacrifice? Like in, in that type scenario. Like, you know, again, it doesn't have to be a concrete like um, I wouldn't trade Fred VanVleet, OG Ananobi, or Pascal Siakam, but I think anyone outside of that three is up for grabs. But I would also like maybe like I mean it's hard for me to know what what would be quote unquote a fair trade, right? But like if you're trading well. like two like the two pick for the four pick plus a future pick, like a like next mm-hmm. year's first round pick, I think that's worth it. Yeah. I think it's definitely worth it. Totally. And I think like because uh, for like a team like a Houston Rockets, like they're in a full, full rebuild mode. So if they got somebody like Jason Suggs and then had a first round draft pick next year, like the Raptors pick on top of their pick, which won't like they're not making the playoffs. So you're getting two like very high. I mean, I don't know where the Raptors will be next year, but you're getting two fairly high picks next year as well as Jason Suggs. To me, that's like a pretty good deal. Totally. Uh, I, I'm glad I didn't interrupt you because I, you basically made my exact point with Houston. I feel Aww. like the only thing I will say is it's Jalen Suggs. Oh, my bad. Jalen. My, my brother's name's Jason. Shout out. Hi, Jason. <laughs> Jason, if you're listening, what's up, man? Um, Jalen, if you're listening. Wow. Thank you. Um, also, wait a second. Uh, I'm sorry, Jason. Oh, wow. Thank you as well. Uh, you know, you're both equal. Um, McCready, uh, you know, you know, maybe respond to that a little bit, you know, because I you're you're a hardcore draft guy. Like I always go to you for insights and I know you know a lot about these top four guys and beyond. Um yeah, could you just speak to the Mobley thing for a sec and, and then let me know what, what your ideal draft thing is? Sure. I mean, I never mess up uh, Jalen Suggs' name because my brother's name is Suggs. Um, <laughs> Suggs McCready. Shout out to Suggs. Hey, Five Suggs. Five feet tall. Suggs is the man. Suggs McCready uh, is hey, a Suggs. great name. Honestly, Don't give I, would, up. I would change it if I could. Um, yeah, I mean... I have some pro. I mean, I, I, you, I'll, I'll just go through kind of like some of Kat, Catherine's points. Um, yeah, I mean, Giannis's body. Uh, I, I, I kind of like when I look at Mobley's body, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Chris Boucher's kind of frame. Like he's got like really high hips. Uh, he's a little like thin shoulders. I wonder how much bulk he can kind of put on. And definitely in year one, I think he's just going to get like pushed around big time underneath the basket. I like Mobley. Um, I actually kind of prefer Suggs in a vacuum. Um, But to me, like, you know, Cade is number one with a bullet. You see such an amazing shooter, great passer, optimal size for his position. But to me, the other three are kind of like a crapshoot a little bit. It's kind of like who of these three is going to be able to like nail jump shots. 
at a high rate. And whoever that of the three is are probably going to end up being the best of those three players. Like, cause Suggs, he's got like pretty much everything else in his bag. Um, uh, you know, uh, green is, is the fastest twitch athlete you can probably ask for um, creative finisher around the basket. Um, not much of a passer, but maybe that'll come in time. And mm-hmm. uh, Mobley, if he can't really shoot, um, you better hope he puts on a lot of bulk. Cause otherwise what kind of is he, you know? Um, yeah, I, I have Suggs number two on my board. I kind of would love if they grabbed Suggs. I kind of like, I, I was, I was listening to this weird podcast. It was really boring and long and it kind of made me sad. It made me depressed because the guy was so, uh, real about everything. You know, he's just like, Oh, only one of these three guys is probably going to end up being any good. You know, he's just such a realist. It's not really what I go for. Uh, but one of the things I found kind of interesting that he was saying was, um, what is developable? developable um amongst prospects uh and there is that stance uh, like shooting is developable like you have like Kawhi is the golden uh example of this he came in as not a shooter and developed into one but how many of these guys like come in should be able to shoot and then just never develop whatsoever you know like tony craig like how come he can't shoot you know what i mean it's not Mm. that common of a thing and he position that feel that like um to use a terrible term basketball iq uh is maybe a more difficult thing for people to develop uh, and that's kind of why i'm leaning more towards Suggs because i just find that his basketball iq is off the charts uh and i just think that because of that and because of his athleticism he's can't miss as long as his jumper doesn't regress from where it is right yeah, I think my thing with Suggs is like, you know, the, the more I've watched him and and the more I've seen him, it just seems like he needs to be in the NBA to see where he reaches his like natural limit. Like he's one of those guys who, you know, if you're watching like a documentary about him, it's like he's just he's meeting every single big moment. You know, if you think about him like versus the other guys, I don't really, you know, I guess, yeah, Cade, like you said, perfectly, you know, perfect, like amazing size for his position. And even though he doesn't have the LeBron style, like, or Zion style athleticism, he looks kind of perfect, like, especially for the NBA. But yeah, Suggs looks like, he looks like, I don't know. There's no, there's no, uh, any criticism I've seen doesn't really go, go out of their way to say like, he, will stop at any specific point. Like, I'm not sure if I'm being clear there, but I, what I'm trying to say is like, even the folks that are saying, Oh, I'm not sure if he's a multi-level all-star. They won't, no one will say like, because of this, like the only thing you kind of hear is his shooting, but seemingly you know, like you said, like it's a developable skill. And I feel like that he's handles the ball so much. It should, it seems like it will be kind of a natural step for him. Like for me, there's this Suggs has one of the lowest or like one of the highest ceilings in the entire draft, if not the highest. Yeah. I mean, he hit his step back threes at a pretty high rate and his release is quick too. So I don't know. I'm just kind of like into he, to me, he seems like the most Raptory type of player and the Raptors have done well by getting Raptory type of guys. So uh, I get that, but I also understand that like we do have a lot of guards, but Mm -hmm. I don't really think that when it comes to when you're getting a player of like, these guys kind of magnitude uh, that you would let someone like Malachi Flynn kind of stick in the way. Cause I like Malachi, but I just don't see him as being anything more than at best, like, I don't know, the 20 something best point guard in the league. Right. And yeah, like kind of going back to, to Catherine's original point too. Like, I think there are, like, especially, you know, if, if Lowry is still technically in the mix, there is a lot of like, there's too many minutes. If you, you know, if you're bringing in a guy like Suggs, you're going to want to clear the way, like, I hope if we draft Suggs, he's playing 25 minutes a game, right? Like I want him to develop and be a big part of the team. I think, I feel like I'm rarely like this, but I'm getting really excited for the draft uh, and the movement around the draft. And I just Mm. feel like there's a lot of desperation out there. So I'm kind of wanting some excitement. I don't know if it's with OKC or if I'm talking myself into Ben Simmons too much because I think <laughs> I kind of am. I, but or, or I don't know what it is exactly, but I feel like things have been so quiet for so long for the Raptors. We're still unsure about Masai. Um, you know, his contract expired. And yeah, so I think... It w- I just want some excitement and I feel like that would be, it would be fun if the Raptors were like making draft day deals. Like I know we don't historically, but 
it would be cool. Uh, and I'm assuming those Vince deals Carter. are. <laughs> like, Except, yeah, yeah. He made one very historic. That was a big one. Day deal. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, also, I don't know. Like, sorry. sorry, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, like, I also think, you know, it's sometimes it's easy to be like, ha, wow, Luca and Trey. Dallas wins forever. But, you know, getting that extra pick, like, like who knows what DeAndre Hunter will become? And Trey is awesome. And, and I'm not even I'm not even trying to make a case for Atlanta winning that trade. I just feel like if you're confident in your drafting, um, well, I guess you wouldn't miss Luca. But I mean, if you're confident in your drafting, I think that that's enticing to me. Like, you know, again, I know these, it's a top heavy thing, but if Masai is really confident and he can get still two top 10 picks for the fourth or something, it, it, yeah, it all depends on on the confidence level. Sorry, Catherine. No, there's a lot to uh, unpack there. I, I just, I don't know. Like, I just feel like if in some way we don't get a real center for this season, we're going to be talking about a top draft pick next year. Right. Like, so to me, it's like, yes, like I, I'm not going to disagree with anything McCready said in terms of like what Suggs is like and how NBA ready he is. And I agree that Evan Mobley will probably have a couple of years of like a growth, you know, growth spurt. But like, I'm kind of assuming that Lowry's leaving and I'm assuming we're going to be in a full rebuild and not in win now mode but if we want any semblance of like a playoff team we need a center and so i think the raptors will be active uh during the draft and during the off season i do anticipate some trades happening um i don't know who exactly but uh, don't worry freddie i think the next few weeks are going to get very interesting Ooh, Ooh, I like that end. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah I, I didn't even mention Jared Allen. Like, I think he could be a part of yes. the equation. Oh my God, I love Jared you know, Allen. Especially because of Cleveland. Like, you know, I think, yeah, you know. I think Ideally, a, oh, sorry. No, just a lot of possibilities. Sorry, uh, McCready. Ideally, Cleveland just takes Mobley. We get Suggs, and then they're like, we have Mobley. We don't need Allen. And then we get Allen, you know? That would like, be amazing. I would love that. That would be downright wonderful. And, like, that's the excitement I'm talking about. Like, that would be – That would be amazing. I, I feel like that's almost possible. Like, you know, and yeah, maybe there's just a certain bleakness to last year, and I'm, I'm looking for uh, some type of recharge. But uh, it seems like there's a lot of talk. The, the Raptors' rumors are always tough to navigate through because um, – you know, often it seems like other teams are talking about the Raptors, but the na- the a lot of names out there. Um, okay, let's uh, let's go on to uh, a bit of a silly question, uh, Maddie D. If you don't mind coming in, um, I won't I won't put you first. But uh, yeah, the the Raptors extended qualifying offers to Gary Trent Jr., uh, which is not a surprise. They're just making sure that they're in the position to to match, uh, you know, any offer he receives. Uh, they've also, I think, pushed off the Rodney Hood um, qualifying offer or, or rights a couple days, and uh, and Aaron Baines' uh, rights. Uh, they have to make a choice on that on the third. Um, but, and I think this is really funny, they also maintain the rights of Nando DiColo, who's 34 years old, played for the Raptors in 2013. Um, and what, yeah, I, 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 he was playing for France and they just beat Team USA. You look good. So, you know, this is all so funny to me. Um, I think he has absolutely no intention of ever playing in the NBA. Uh, again, he played like for the Raptors for, I think, like 15, 20 games. Um, but every year, the Raptors make sure they, they like, they offer him a, a qualifying offer to say, Hey, if you come to the NBA, it's to play for us. Um, so anyways, I just feel like it's such dedication. <laughs> We're like eight years later. Uh, it's going to, it's, it's a joke pretty much. So I want to know, um, you know, which former Raptor uh, amongst, amongst my friends uh, and hardcore Raptors fans here is uh, like, yeah, who do you still think about? Who do you want to like, you know, send a message to, to maybe bring them back, even if they're too old to play, like you just, it's important to you. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if it's a, a mirror or JYD or which, which beloved Raptor you still hold a you know place in your heart for, but I want to know what the gesture is. Like, tell me what you're going to do to, to bring them back. And it can't just be offer them a qualifying offer. Cause you know, uh, okay. <laughs> I feel like my weirdo question, I, I finally made it there. Uh, McCready, can I start with you? Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, 
You know, I love Surge. I'm kind of leaning maybe towards Surge. Um, but I think I'm going to have to go a little bit further back and go with uh, Charles Oakley. Um, because I think like me doing like having a romantic gesture with any player is probably a fruitless endeavor by my end, because I just don't see them being interested in having a relationship with me. Sure. Uh, my lack of uh, uh, coolness and wealth is probably a pretty big turnoff for them. So I'd say I'd take like Charles. You sell yourself short, you know, listen, I do the best I can, but I know my limits in terms of who I can pick up. Uh, and I think like <laughs> a professional athlete is like a little bit below uh, their standards. Um, so that being okay. said, you know, if I'm doing it anyways, if it has to happen, I'm going on like a romantic, like, you know, um, rowboat with Charles Oakley, you know, I'm wearing a nice dress and a nice parasol. Uh, he's in his summer best. We got a little picnic going. Uh, he's, he's just so sad that he has to do this, but he's in the, he's, he's going through the whole date. Uh, yeah. we're going to a nice park afterwards. Uh, he eventually, maybe I make him laugh a couple times, maybe Maybe, maybe we fall in love. And if so, I get divorced and I marry Charles Oakley. And <laughs> it's just like a nice afternoon. And he can come to the Air Canada Center and he doesn't have to worry about James Dolan kicking him out. It's oh, a win-win for everybody, except for Dolan, who will continue to lose for the rest of his life. <laughs> that, that, that's what I call a perfect answer. Um, sloppy question on my part. Uh, I, I, Catherine, we're going to go to you next. Um, and we can talk Nando a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm still like, I barely know who this guy is. And also, too, just so, just so all the listeners know, uh, when Freddie messages us with the questions for the <laughs> podcast, none of that detail was there. About qualifying like contracts or rounds, none of that. All <laughs> no. he said was, and I pulled it up. He wrote, "GTJ, no surprise, but are we still holding on to that Nando? Not even a question mark, <laughs> just a period." <laughs> and then he wrote, "Who's wow. a former Raptor that you can't let go of, and what's a romantic <laughs> gesture you can show them you still care?" All in the same paragraph. I thought I was wow. trying. I thought I was solving a riddle out here, trying to figure out what this message was. <laughs> so, I mean, that made a little more sense. I just, I have to thank you for, yeah, like hanging out with me is solving a riddle. <laughs> um, reading riddle. that back, yeah, there, there's, there's many points uh, that don't make sense. <laughs> so, uh, all I can say is cheers. Uh, and no, we're it's, here, great. You know? it's great. It's great. It's great. <laughs> uh, it's all fun. Um, you know, I'm I'm glad McCready didn't take my boy because I got to go with Surge. Oh, um, good choice. Hey, you know, I thought about different scenarios. I try. You know, I thought about being like really funny and like picking like Jose Calderon and like rolling around in his pig farm in Spain or like <laughs> you know or like picking somebody like Damon Stoudemire and just going like go kart riding or something. Like I try to think of like a lot of weird scenarios, but then when I really thought about it, my heart is with Serge Ibaka that is the real answer it would be Serge all the way uh, my romantic gesture would be I would just bring him all his favorite takeout food from Toronto all the food that he had here that he loved that he probably misses you know, he loved that dim sum place on Spadina yeah, and I think there was a, a there was a there was this whole video of like this family that made food from like from like back home and they have like a whole restaurant like out in Scarborough or something they'd make like special deliveries for him anyway I would do that too and then maybe like we'd go dancing because he dances a lot and like you know he'll like introduce me to like new music and maybe I'll even let him pick out my outfit beforehand which I would never let any man do but it's Serge and he's very fashionable and I feel like he would choose something fun for me to wear uh, <laughs> on this date not that any athlete wants to date me either uh, definitely not definitely not but uh, <laughs> maybe an assistant coach out there might maybe <laughs> might give me a shot uh, uh, I, I realize Nick my... Nurse listens to the Arkells. He would surely date anybody, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, His you might wife is a year younger than me. Wow, really? Yeah. How old is yeah. Nick Nurse? He's like 53 or something. He actually, he just had a birthday. Wow. Cheers. I should do the math. Uh, happy birthday. Uh, HPD, Nick 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 
Um, but anyway, that would be my date. That would be, I think that would be a lot of fun. I think Serge would be uh, a lot of fun. Let me say that any athlete would be lucky to go on a date with either of you. Thank um, you, Freddie. <laughs> Catherine, that's another perfect answer. Um, yes, you know, given Serge is his family, you know, his food comforts, going dancing. Maybe you could just like film a TV show on your date because I feel like he likes filming stuff. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, um, yeah. This is this is wonderful. Uh, Maddie, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to eat any of that strange food, but I would do it if it was good for my career. You know. What I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I love how many like personal rules you're breaking for this date. You're like, listen, yeah. I don't. I wouldn't let somebody choose my dress, but search, <laughs> and I wouldn't try any crazy foods, but search. Right. Yeah. But I feel like these, but these compromises make sense for him. And totally together. He made compromises for us. You know, he won a championship, and he was still like a. <laughs> Starting center, mostly. Um, uh, Freddie, okay. update on what you said earlier on any athlete um, dating us. I decided to take your advice, and uh, Candace Parker has blocked me on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> what? Fair. I just asked her on a nice date, but I've been told that I've been blocked. Yeah, Can- Candace is a pretty serious catch. Uh, so I, you know, I, I, went, I, I went high. I took it truly to heart. You went high. Uh, I'm going to go. Like, I mean, I'm going for like an Earl Watson sort yeah. of thing first. You know what I mean? <laughs> like just to play it cool. Um, Matty D, I, yeah. I, I think I know who your player is going to be. Oh, you um, know. You know I, sure. I got a feeling. Uh, I feel like he might be, you know, uh, have a nickname, the Chuck Wagon. Enjoy some burgers from time to time. You're I don't know. Damn Just a guess. friggin' straight. When I started producing this podcast and really started following the Raptors, he's the guy I was like, he's going to be here forever. I'm going to stick with this guy. I'm going to get his jersey, which his Facebook account still hasn't responded to my request. I can't wow. get a Chuck Hayes 2014 jersey anywhere. Um, but it would be Chuck Hayes. Now, there's two ways. Obviously, yes. There'd be like a trail of Grand Max yes. luring him back to the Scotiabank Arena. But also, I'm going to lure him with a, the promise of a job. Now, there's something else I got to do here. Obviously, I'm high up in management to make this work. But mm-hmm. I saw this crazy trade for Ben Simmons where we trade Lowry, uh, OG, Fred, and the first round pick this year for Ben Simmons. So we're going to make that trade. Perfect. Sign and trade Lowry. Get rid of all that stuff. We got Ben Simmons now, but Ben Simmons needs a free throw coach. That's where Chuck Hayes comes in. Chuck Hayes will be Ben Simmons, personal free throw coach for the Toronto Raptors. He'll have a nice salary and of course, free concessions at the Scotiabank arena. I um yeah another perfect answer uh, go check out the Chuck Wagons uh, mini web series from about I feel like a decade ago where he tastes different burgers it's pretty great um but yeah uh, Matty D you do know Chuck Hayes you've seen his free throw right yeah yeah that he traveled yeah wait you know <laughs> yeah him? he looks no, like you know him know him no no I don't know him um I tried to reach out on Facebook to his uh, fan group but they didn't get back to me. He is currently uh, a development coach for the Denver Nuggets. Oh, wow. I just, so we're going to have to lure him that. away. Lure him away. But yeah. that means mm. he's, he's coaching, so it's possible. Mm-hmm. Smoking yeah. weed with Jokic, is he? Hmm. Oh. <laughs> you never know. Um, I do, yeah, I assume all the Nuggets are basically just smoking weed nonstop. Um, <laughs> what makes altitude? you say that? Oh, the altitude? Yeah. Oh, because they're high. Oh, see. My high? (laughs) Okay. You know what? I'm so sorry for the terrible string jokes. He might be a former development coach for the Nuggets. My bad. Oh. I don't I'm a real skimmer, so (laughs) Sure, sure. Us comedians, we skim. You know, we skim. No, you should try him on Insta, maybe. Yeah, we know what we'll we'll reach out to Chuck. But uh anyone knows where I can get yeah, sorry, go ahead. He no, only sorry. has 4,551 followers on Instagram. Oh, which so is that not a lot me. for a former NBA player. No, I, I have 1,600 on Facebook. He will check your messages. Oh. Yes. 
Okay, I'm going to do it. Maddie yeah. D might be afraid because he's like, wow, this got real. <laughs> we'll we'll I'm sorry, later. but that's the kind of friend I am. I try to make things happen. Catherine's a connector, Maddie D. You're in trouble. You're in, she's going to connect you to, to Chuck. Um, okay. I don't, I don't know where any of my bits are going, but uh, my person. I'm sorry I took it to the next level. It's good. My uh, my person is uh, Rafer Alston. Skip the oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I absolutely loved him as a Raptor. I thought him becoming an N one player and then an NBA player was basically the coolest thing anyone could do. Um, and what I do is I, I don't know where he lives, but I would go to his house uh, and I would basically like, like hire like as many of the best dribblers I could for like a giant, like dribbling demonstration outside of his place. But like, it would be like almost like stomp where they would just hear the balls bouncing <laughs> and he would come out and be like, what's going on. And he would see like all these people doing his tricks and being like doing like a big festival almost on his street like honoring him and he'd be like, what's all this about? What's all this about? And he'd meet me and then he'd be like extra confused. Cause like it's me, but then, you know, like hopefully I'd have some other cool people with me and we'd bring him back to Toronto. I was also thinking like sort of development coach, like he could help our guys with dribbling, but I more so just want to like have him around. Like, you know, JYD had like the junk junkyard dog section for a bit. I feel like Ray for Alston, like should have like a, I don't know, like a, like a trick shot place in Scotiabank. He's cool and he's not honored enough. So that's where I'm coming from. He's a so, sp- Freddie, are you just like pied pipering Ray for Alston back with like a bunch of street ballers? Is that your whole thing? Also, was Pretty this much. was this a dream and you just concocted this question around <laughs> being able to tell it on the podcast <laughs> and it not seeming completely nuts? Listen. Don't you ever read me so hard on my own pod again, okay? Absolutely busted. Uh, that's where all my like silly questions come from. I just am thinking weird basketball stuff, so I'm like, I got to force other people to listen to this and do this exercise. But you know what? I feel like uh, usually people have better answers than me, and today was no different. So uh, thanks, buddies. Um, okay, let's, uh, I think you could date Ray for Alston if you wanted to, Freddie. Honestly, I'll... I'll shout him out. I he probably has more followers than than uh, Hayes. Hayes, but you know, now like to, now I want to look that up. He's a, a scout. Look, He's a scout. Okay, well, Catherine's looking. Let's uh, let's move over to the NBA, uh, and and she can kind of tell us what's up when we're there. Um, Maddie D, please, <laughs> yeah. good sir, give me your most delicious Adam Silver tugboat sounding sting. This is Adam Silver. Whoa, this one's... That was cool. <laughs> um, Rafer Alston has 36.5 thousand followers on Instagram. Whoa. Okay. Is that approachable? Yeah, mm. oddly enough, um, not verified. Hmm. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get him verified, and that's how we get him. <laughs> yeah. But it, it does really definitely appear to be him. And oh, I'm sure it's like, him. Yeah, it's there can't like be another it. Ray for Alston with 30,000. The only thing in his bio says blessed. That's it. This is <laughs> Cheers. I can't believe he doesn't say skip to my Lou. It doesn't. It doesn't say any of that. It just says blessed. Wow. Okay, new let's, nickname. Uh, let's start on this. Um, Oh my God. He had a birthday party in Vegas and then he posted the invite on his Instagram. <laughs> hey, listen, at least we know it's him. Don't you don't make fun of Ray for here. Very okay? clearly, but that party would have been fun. Yeah. There would have been a bunch of people doing dribbling tricks. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> it's Vegas, right? Like it's his only oh hobby. Co-hosted by Mook Diamond and the Wet Girls. Whoa! Wow. <laughs> Freddie, you could have totally been a Wet Girls I if you wanted to. Could have, will be. You know, there's still there's still time for me. All right, let's uh, let's. Sorry, let's, all right. Let's, let's get busy on this uh, trade. Um, I can kind of read through all the details. I feel like we, you know, we'll have a pretty good, I have a pretty decent handle on it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, the Pelicans, uh, and 
the Grizzlies, uh, JV, uh, Adams and Bledsoe are the players uh, changing teams. And then Memphis is getting uh, New Orleans 10th overall pick. And I think giving them their 17th. And I believe there's a couple other picks in that trade. Um, yeah. I mean, we've already talked about it a little bit online, but uh, where, where are you at with this trade McCready? Like, you know, with the dust settling it a bit on it. Well, it seems like uh, New Orleans is making a big play for somebody. Um, I, I do think this is a good way for New Orleans to use their excess amounts of picks that they have is to just make kind of little moves like this incremental improvements, like dropping. Basically, they're just throwing a Lakers uh, first that they have next year, top 10 protected uh, to uh, move uh, on from Eric Bled. So I'm moving from 17 to 10. And also, I think that Valanciunas is an upgrade on Adams. Um, I think it's a good move by uh, kind of both teams because there wasn't really much that Memphis could use their cap space for. Uh, they already have like nine players in their rotation who are decent. So you might as well try to move up. If there's somebody at 10 that you really want in the draft, uh, it gives you a better chance to get them. I don't know. I thought it was a decent piece of business by both, but I, I think the major thing for Raptor fans is that it really seems like uh, they're making a play for somebody. And by they, I mean new Orleans. So mm-hmm. is it uh, Conley? Probably not. He's probably going back to Utah. They need him a lot. They're in the championship contention mode. Uh, so maybe it's Kyle Lowry. Uh, and if Lowry goes to new Orleans and that is the scuttlebutt, um, that makes a really interesting uh, couple of lob threats and pick and roll threats for Lowry to work with. Kind of find it interesting as a Lowry fan. I'd hate to see him go, but at the same time, sometimes uh, the sun needs to set before uh, a new sun rises in the morning. You know that saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, Double sun. Yeah, anyways, that's like nine different points I threw out there. Uh, converse. No, I think, I think you know, what, what I want to go on is uh, – Nice piece of business for both teams. That's what I'm feeling like a lot. I, you know, I feel like both teams have a, like, it seems like, you know, some trades are like, it seems like a kick at the can. This trade seems more like Memphis is, you know, they're, they're really focusing on, on the, you know, perhaps someone in the draft, you know, the, yeah, the, like you said, the, the guys they had, you know, making sure their money's right and making sure they have who they want with jaw long-term. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't necessarily think that's Bledsoe or Adams, uh, but I do think, you know, like you said, there's like, there's more to happen for Memphis and, and for new Orleans. It, to me, it's interesting. Like, I think I, 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 I like the move more today than I did yesterday. I do think, however, there's, I don't know, not a lot of trust watching them try to be good with Paul and then try to be good with Davis. And it feels a little bit like we're starting that again with Zion. And I wonder if JV is the answer, but I also feel like the main thing is this isn't done. And yeah, if they get Kyle, you know, it's, it's not like they're just getting, they're getting rid of uh, Bledsoe and Adams and just getting JV. It's like, well, then they'd be getting rid of Bledsoe and Adams for JV and Kyle. And, and, you know, I'm obviously a massive fan with Kyle and I think he would greatly help guys like Zion and, and Ingram. Um, and yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see also what they do with Lonzo ball there. Uh, what about you, Catherine? What's your kind of like feel with this trade? I still feel like I don't really get this trade. I don't love this trade. I don't really fully get it from either side. I think for both teams, this trade is a step in what's going to be multiple moves. Like you're saying with the Pelicans, like, Mm -hmm. oh, they're freeing up space for free agency. It's really not just about getting JV, but I feel like that's got to be it for Memphis too. Like, like to trade JV away for for Steven Adams and and Eric Bledstow. Like I didn't watch a lot of Pelicans last year because they were really disappointing and frankly they didn't seem like it was worth my time. But you want to talk about winning a trade? Bledsoe for Drew Holiday. I mean the Bucks really won that trade. I don't know where Bledsoe's at at this stage in his career. I can't imagine the Grizzlies keeping Adams and Bledsoe. They got, I I imagine they plan on trading those guys and they did it for more picks. I don't understand this move from their side at all, other than to have more draft picks and then to flip them for somebody else, hopefully somebody younger. And then on the Pelican side, I mean, 
I'm sorry, what you were trying to re up the 2018 Toronto Raptors in New Orleans? Like, that's <laughs> pretty what good team, though, you know? But no, stop. No, I mean, come on. I know. All right. Like this. Team... I love the Raptors. I'm going on the record that I love the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> you've you've ticked McCready off. It's fine. It's fine. I don't think that makes sense. I don't think I think what they're trying to do by getting Kyle is trying to do what Phoenix did by getting Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. But Phoenix was way more ready for that leap. Than New Orleans is. I don't, I'm not convinced that the New Orleans Pelicans actually know what they're doing. And I think, sure, Kyle wants his money. Kyle might go, but I don't think they know what they're doing. I think they're just looking at like, oh, he's available. Oh, we could do this. Like, I'm not convinced. And I don't think that team might make the play in next year. I'm not convinced they're going to be more than a first round playoff team next year with Kyle. Like I, I just as great as Kyle is, like I think there's a lot of dysfunction with the Pelicans. Like I'm just I'm really not sold on this team. I know they're doing everything they can to keep Zion happy, but you kind of need to know what you're doing. And I don't think they do. So I think this is a weird trade. Uh, I don't think there's a major like win or a loss. I think maybe the, the Grizzlies technically win it a little bit because they got some picks. But I think JV is really good. I want emotionally, I want him to do well and be well. I, him and Zion together. I disagree. I, I, don't, I want I don't JV know. to be sad. <laughs> and I love the Toronto Raptors. Why would I like, I just like Zion and JV together. I don't know. Maybe it seems like they're going to be clogging the paint a little too much for each other because I mean, JV can space the floor, but he's not like a three point shooter. So I, I, it's hard for me to picture, to be honest. Yeah. I definitely think there's like some clunkiness. I also, I'm kind of confused with exactly, you know, back to a point that was made like way earlier, uh, you know, by you, Catherine, just like that so much of the league like is getting bigger and like more skilled and, you know, credit to JV. I, I always feel like he's someone who's like on that big man line, you know, the yeah. league, it's, it's like, he's like, you know, surfing that wave of like the league's getting smaller and skilled, but also he's really like become the best possible version of himself and added a lot of skill. You know, there's not a lot of, you know, he shoots the three at a pretty good percentage and He's like got great hands, great hands. Like he can score in the paint, you know, with the best of them. And yeah, I think him and Zion both kind of want to live in the paint. Uh, and I think from a usage perspective, I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure what the plan would be. Um, but I think the point I want to jump on the most Catherine is that the Pelicans, you know, I'm reserving a little bit of a, of judgment right now, but we don't have any reason to trust them. This is the same franchise that has an owner that uses the same medical staff for the football team, uh, New Orleans saints, uh, as they do for the basketball team, the Pelicans. So this isn't uh, a franchise that has a good reputation for much of anything, honestly. Um, but you know, teams change, uh, things happen. You know, this year was pretty wild. If you think about like they put, together a decent group around Trey and you know he took a team far and 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 Phoenix was amazing and I think you see it there with Luca right you see like oh man like he doesn't need that much help like he needs a bit more and he keeps playing like the Clippers which is hard but anyways yeah I feel like there is this kind of want to to potentially bottle the talent of of a really young player um, which makes sense yeah and Valanchunas's beard is amazing hundred percent. It's one of the best beards. Yeah. Listen, if you walk down the Ossington strip in Toronto, you won't see a better beer. Well, who won the trade in terms of beards? Uh, the Pelicans with Jonas Valanciunas or Memphis with Steven Adams? Yeah. Wow. And I mean, like, and we're not uh, even talking the draft has an soul patch now. <laughs> Honestly, we, once everybody gets drafted, we have to go back to this trade and like add the beards together. Okay. There we go. Um, yeah, Catherine, uh, actually, no, sorry. Let, let, let me start this one with McCready. Um, and this is like, yeah, I, I don't know which way you want to go with this, but, uh, we're in draft territory. I feel like the draft is always a fun, you know, fun place for like takes of all kind, like measured takes from people who are really kind of like studying, but then also like hot takes for people who are just diving in like me. Um, but uh, yeah, like, like who, in your opinion, like which franchise like exudes good drafting? 
Like who's the best drafting franchise? Right. I think that's a tough, tough question to ask. I also think that it's worth it's very subjective. You know. how much luck is involved in the draft. Uh, people can only be when you're selecting a player, you have no control over their injuries that you're they're going to get in the future. You have no control over like what outside forces in their lives people can get into. You know, people might develop a real taste for partying on the opposite end. People might just really hunker down and change as a person and want to devote their entire lives to basketball. Yep. Uh, and as a franchise, you can kind of push people in that direction. But at the same time, people are in charge of their own lives. Uh, you never really know what, what can happen. So mm-hmm. that being said, I think if you're going to like look at what teams have a success in drafting, I would look more at who's had bigger instances of like super success as opposed to like, who's done like a good job of like kind of moving things along. Right. Um, I think the Raptors are actually kind of up there. Um, but if I had to pick like one team, I'd probably go with um, OKC, uh, weirdly enough, uh, historically, uh, just mm-hmm. based on, uh, you know, getting Serge Ibaka at like 21 or 22, who was just a terror before his knee injury. I bring that up a lot when I come on this podcast, but he averaged like four and a half blocks a game. Uh, oh, in his yeah. prime. He was in the dunk contest. Oh, he's amazing. Uh, Durant obviously is a killer pick. It's not, you know, they have the second pick and he was clearly a number two, if not number one in that draft. Um, hello. My wife just popped in to say hi. Um, hey, <laughs> hey, she, she's get, she gave Durant a thumbs down. Maybe it was a bad pick. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Harden obviously was like not a consensus at all. And Westbrook, I remember at the time, was considered a reach when they grabbed him. So, I mean, like for those picks alone, you kind of have to like like the f- history of kind of what they've done. Uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Reggie Jackson was a late round pick of theirs. Uh, Steven Adams. Was I was, yeah, was going to say, I know we were making fun of him. But Steven Adams. Yeah, he was like he's had a productive mm-hmm. career. Fantastic pick for number 12. You're lucky if you're going to get a starter at number 12, you know? So he's made like $200 million in his career. So OKC is my, my uh, choice, but you know, I'm open to any other arguments Uh, as a, as a renowned 2018 Toronto Raptors fan. uh, I'm open to all sorts of different ideas. That's the only Raptor fan on this podcast, please. uh, I'd like to hear another opinion. (laughs) You know, uh, I, I didn't want to say it, but I, I'm no longer a Raptors fan. Um, uh, Raptors 905. That's my team. Um, no, but uh, I think it's a great answer, actually. Like, I, I, I think we're going to get some different answers here. Um, and OKC, yeah, like, I mean, talk about hitting a bullseye. Like, what franchise in recent memory has drafted, you know, several MVPs consecutively, basically, you know? And um, the funniest player of the last 10 years, Pokushevsky. Like, just... 100%. For pure... Co- if you're going to tank a team, that's the best possible choice you could take. Like, so funny, so ridiculous, and so bad. Uh, go ahead, Freddie. I will say, though, he does... He is funny, I think, because you do see him do things that... You know, it's almost like Bruno territory where you're like, are you going to be amazing? Oh, no, wait, you're really bad. Okay. But then, like, you know, you look at him again, you're like, hold on. Are you amazing? Oh, the flashes um, are amazing. He has they flashes are. of a great player. Uh, and it's length and everything is, is wild. Um, yeah, Catherine, what, you know, take this, take this question whichever way you want. Like, um, who, who exudes, you know, good drafting in your opinion. Well, I think McCready hit it. Like, I think that's absolutely the, the answer, the definitive answer of the last decade, maybe a bit more than a decade. Um, my, so let's put this as a, as a runner up team. Sure. Other than the Raptors. Cause I think we, everyone who listens to us knows how good the Raptors are at drafting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put down the Milwaukee bucks. Um, nice. Cause, it, cause yeah. you know, they drafted Giannis, but also the year before they drafted Chris Middleton as a second round pick. Um, and, they also drafted Malcolm Brogdon. I don't know, you know, obviously it was a bad move that they traded him, but they did draft him and he turned out to be really great. Um, and then they also drafted, according to Wikipedia, uh, two former Raptors, uh, Norm Powell and Pat McCaw. Well, I didn't know they got McCaw. Yeah, I didn't know they got McCaw either. I know the Norm trade. Norm, Norm, yeah. was, Norm was a pick made by the Raptors front office. Uh, like the trade happened beforehand. And so they picked him on behalf of the Raptors. So that's just more ammunition to the Raptors being great. 
Okay, well, that's, I mean, I'm not against that. Um, but anyway, I just thought like, oh, that's actually a nice little run of picks there by that team. Totally. Mm. Dante DiVincenzo was also a good reason. Yes. And he's In 2018, who- your favorite year. Hey, <sighs> best year ever. The Raptors undoubtedly best year. Hundred <laughs> percent. Didn't didn't go. I stopped up. being a fan of theirs that year, so I don't know what happened since. But I think that was their best year. Totally. <laughs> um, sorry, just had a quick thought. I can't believe for the Raptor segment, none of us like the player to bring back. None of us picked Luis Swola. Um, oh. I don't know why he's looking good for Argentina. But hey, maybe next next time I ask that question. He's um, up there with Surge for handsomest Raptor of all time. He's handsome. only only now though, not when he played. Oh, his hair, his beautiful long. No, mm. you can have him. He's all yours. He is all yours. <gasps> wow, we're just we're sharing Louis Swallow, I guess now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll take him when he's young. You can have him when he's older. Okay, fair. Got Catherine, it. I I love the Bucks pick <laughs> because you know the. Yeah, OKC, I think my team definitely doesn't have the hit ratio of OKC and and, and Presti and, you know, uh, whatever. I, I don't know where exactly the, like, the Seattle OKC line is, but, like, I still think regardless, like, Durant counts for sure. Like, you know, as far as, far as management, I think. But regardless, like, the Bucks showed how you can take your picks and, like, bring – like make your franchise a champion. Um, and when I was like skimming through this question, I, I almost picked like, you know, when, when, when McCready described earlier, like there's a certain skill level of like uh, the Utah jazzes uh, and, you oh, know, yeah, jazz are good. like those kind of squads that can, can be really, really good. Um, and, you know, seemingly find talent everywhere and develop them. But I kind of wanted to go for like a higher end. So I actually took Golden State. Um, I think if you look at the if you look at what they did with, you know, Barnes, Curry, Clay, Draymond, you know, in fairly quick succession, I think they've had some notable, I don't want to say bus, but like notable you know, the Jordan pools of the world and, and and that sort of thing, like guys that didn't continue to fuel that that dynasty, but like really they have their team from the draft. So as much as, you know, yeah, a team like Miami or, or Utah is kind of like they have this clever reputation. I feel like winning at the highest level is the ultimate goal. And and they honestly, you know, they obviously traded for Durant afterwards, but they'd want to wait. They'd won one championship already. Right. I think. Yeah. So like the, the, the team was there. Um, yeah. So golden state's my pick. But uh, fair, yeah. good, good, good choice. Good one. Yeah, I, I thought we made some some good choices. And I'll throw this uh, as the as the only person on this podcast who outright hates the Raptors. Mm-hmm. They're brutal at drafting. Um, sorry, Yaka Pertle. Uh, no, Yaka Pertle's awesome. <laughs> yeah, okay. he's a solid pick. No yeah. one even believed my. I should have said Barnyani. Uh, yeah, Bargnani's probably their all-time worst. If I'm trying to make that case, I should have said yeah, Arujo or Bargnani. Oh no, Arujo! Arujo's their worst pick. Twenty-four-year-old yeah. steroid abuser. Like, what are you doing? Not good. Uh, you know, little love to Nathan Joy, the Aussie Shack. <laughs> a deep cut for some listeners. Uh, okay, I'm getting. If it hits you, it hits hard. I had a big laugh at that. You know? <laughs> right? If Nathan Joy hits you. Uh, okay, let's. You let's, call that a joke? Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, this is good. Um, Josh Giddy, I'm getting Josh Giddy. Okay, uh, let's let's do some quickish questions. I think we've arrived at the at the silly portion of the pod. Maddie D, please, good sir, give me uh, that quickish questions. Sting. Quickish questions. Hey. Quick. Let's make. Is that is that Matt Maddie D? Like, is that your way of being like, hey McCready, I don't like your scatting. I scat. <laughs> oh no, I I, I <laughs> or are I, you two working together? I was just working with them. Together, I think. It's what Matt's do. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Um <laughs> That's why I've always loved Matt Devlin's work, you know, a flawless <laughs> broadcaster. 
Oh yeah, never makes a mistake, um, especially not with uh, Paige Stoyakovich. Uh, let's uh, let's let's do some quickish questions. I'm gonna read through these questions, uh, try and make some sense. Who knows if I will? Uh, I might stutter, might slur. Doesn't matter. You can't stall. You have to answer as quickly as you possibly can. Can't phone a friend. Can't repeat the question back to me. No delaying. No hijinks, uh, Maddie D. I think we're good to go. Shall okay. we? All right, let's go. Uh, McCready, Catherine, Maddie D. McCready. Yes. Which prospect outside of the top four will have the best career? You know, there's so many chances for busts. I'm just going to go with the person who I think will play in the league for 15 years. Trey Murphy, the third. Love it. Catherine, is this the order of the top four? Cade, Mobley, Green, Suggs. Yes. Maddie D. Mm-hmm. Do we place too much emphasis on top five prospects? No. No. <laughs> Yes or no questions. <laughs> oh no, this is this is good. This is efficient. Uh, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna. I'll do one more for McCready because he got a special one. Then we're making an all play. Uh, McCready, off topic, but how is Matt McCready so buff? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you got it. Hey, it's a yes or no world. Uh, it's a yes who, or no world, Doug. Who wrote that? A uh, friend of yours, Josh. Murray? That's right. Oh, uh, man, that guy's obsessed with bodies. He's got to calm down. <laughs> um, Catherine. Uh, wait, oh, you know, sorry, I'm starting with McCready because we're doing an all play. Um. Oh, wait a second. This question's way better than I thought, even. Uh, I'm glad that I read it uh, again, carefully. Uh, <laughs> uh, from also friend of the pod, uh, Patrick Ronan-Stewart. Um, let's, uh, yeah, okay, here we go, McCready. Mm-hmm. What would your dream draft hat be? Oh, um, one that says, Adam Silver apologized to Masai. Because then he has to hand it to me and I get to put it on right in his fucking face. <laughs> that would be fucking amazing. Oh my God, that's a very good answer. Uh, sorry, Catherine, no pressure. What, oh my God. Yeah, what would your dream draft hat be? I mean, I, I feel like I got to one up this message. So <laughs> I think mine will say uh, Nick Nurse is my husband and Trey Young is our son. <laughs> wow. I love how you're just starting a family. Cheers. Um, I'd love yeah. it if everyone had to put on that hat too in the draft. 30 guys. <laughs> okay, That's what it great. would look like if I ran the league. <laughs> I, lo- I love that we went from yes or no to like, we're, we're going for it. Uh, Batty D. <laughs> what would your dream draft hat be? Well, I'll tell you also where I'd like this dream draft to take place. I would like it to happen at Wonderland. Okay. And whoever gets drafted gets one of those sweet cat in the hat that they sell at Wonderland. Uh, I think that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see a little humor in the in the draft. Sure, a tall hat. That's where I would go with this question. Everyone, a little humor in the draft. So you see the same joke for like 45 minutes. Yeah, I'm a bit of a, a bit of you no know. heightening immediately to a 10. So many cat in the hats in the garbage now. Yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Just a garbage can on the stage for people to throw it away. <laughs> This is good. I, I like that you guys are also thinking about hat disposal. In this what scenario. if you just like, like when you take it off and you put it on Adam Silver's head, and then you have to keep adding on to it? Oh, oh that, there you go. Hat oh. Jenga. <laughs> and if you can't stack the hat, you don't get drafted. He's <laughs> like, "Whoa, I'm good at basketball." It's like, stack the hat, buddy. Um, <laughs> okay, we've gone we, we've gone off the rails uh, a bunch, uh, and this has been a good pod. This was quickish questions. Um, yeah. Thank you both so much. Thanks everyone who's listening, by the way, and supporting us and uh, all that good stuff. We really, really do appreciate it. Um, 
Mr. McCready, let's let's go to you first. Mm-hmm. What's up? What do you want to tell people? Yeah, I'm, I'm performing on October 21st through 28th at the Chuckle Hutch um, on Broadview <laughs> and Queen. Um, I'm doing a two-hour uh, stand-up set. Uh, just, you know, telling some stories about my life. Um, sure. At one point, I get out the ukulele, which I don't know how to play. Uh, but then I, I, I improvise yeah. some songs for about 20 <laughs> or 35 minutes. Um, and then I tell a political pun that doesn't make sense. So if you want to come down, it's $45 and it includes a beer. <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, I know I've seen Matt perform and that's an action packed promise. Um, you go check that out. If you've ever been to a fringe show, this isn't that. This oh is yeah. Way There's way a lot of green screen. Okay. So get ready for it. Yeah, it's, it's like big tech, uh, but it is live. So you just see the screen. Cool. <laughs> no, yeah, I think people would like that. Um, Wait, okay. McCready, do you have a performance of any kind? No, Can no, have- no. Okay. No, I mean so the Social Capital Theater is probably going to restart in September, but uh, is is that going to entice people to do anything with their lives? Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, for for I started clapping because it's like, oh, you're performing, exciting. And then I was like, oh, it's just a joke. It's like, just well, a I wanted you to. Bit. I wanted you to have like, a real show. It was a good bit, though. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. The Chuckle Hutch does not exist. Please do not go down to Broadview and Queen no. and try to find <laughs> a stage. I love that it's the Chuckle Hutch because I yes. worked in restaurants for a long time and the word Hutch, thanks for not saying Hut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a very specific image in my mind. Um, Catherine, what's wow. up? Talk to people. Uh, Tell them what's up. Basically the <laughs> basically the usual. Uh, like Freddie said, uh, we have a WNBA pod called The Pickup. Uh, and I have my buckets and tea NBA pod, so you can check that out as well. And I, I don't have any shows booked, but um, I'd like to. I'm also trying to move back to Toronto. It's a whole situation. Woo! You're teaching a class at Bad Dog, aren't you? Oh, I'm teaching a class at Bad Dog. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Yes, uh, I'm teaching How can writing. Register? Uh, I guess on Bad Dog's website, or you can link to it through their Instagram or Twitter. I guess uh, I'm teaching writing satire. Uh, so doing headline jokes, doing uh, like desk jokes, uh, political satire, getting to the nitty gritty of what it means to do political satire and be a satirist. So, yeah, check that out. And I'm teaching a class at the Chuckle Hutch. Uh, it's uh, how to make French fries. It's nine weeks long. Um, <laughs> how to make French fries. Nine weeks. I love long. that it's nine weeks long. And guess what? You don't get to eat any fries. No, no. At the class show, you get to eat some fries afterwards. Oh, that's good. McDonald's fries, all right. Well, invite me to the class show. Oh, okay, <laughs> oh, I will. We have to find a venue. Chuckle Hutch isn't interested, but I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, let us know. Uh, McCready will keep us uh, updated. And yeah, again, thanks everyone for listening. This was a funny, fun time. Uh, Maddie D, if you feel like you know, we're good to go. Please, sir, just give me those sweet words. Okay. Okay.